1: If it's social, then you really could be it. You can't have people say it's so serious. Because you're social, you're a leader, and you're
0: serious. Now, Carrie Kerpen.
1: My next guest has a career that I would describe as on the cusp. Anne-Marie Klein is the Vice President of Global Marketing at Living Proof, and she has had a career that has been based on emerging technology since she started. We're talking technology before the Palm Pilot, we're talking technology before the DVR, and now we're talking about technology that helps make your hair perfect. I want you to take a listen to her because she's got a lot of great stuff to say. Welcome, Anne-Marie, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I am a huge fan of Living Proof, and now I'm about to be a huge fan of you because I want to hear your whole story. I want to know stories start to finish. Tell me the story of your career. In thinking
2: about this, my thread of where I have started and where I've gone, you can do that when you're um, an elder states person like I am. (laughs) And i started in p r well, I started in media because I wanted to get into p r so yep. I was a really good executive assistant, which I think is an important message to everyone out there. You can start anywhere and I had a great degree, but graduated in a very tough time yep. and anyway, I got into p r and I got to work on accounts that were um the first email was called freemark like can you imagine not having email ever
0: oh, goodness.
2: um so It was really comical calling reporters, faxing them press release about email and asking them to be my friend so that I could email them something so they would understand what I was talking about. It's a very complicated story, but very fun. (laughs) Um, And then I also worked on the handheld device Scion, which is P-S-I-O-N, and that was the precursor to the Palm Pilot. And then I also worked on the precursor to TiVo, which was called Video Guide. And it was all about the early technologies of the world that ha- that is are commonplace now we could never imagine a world without our smartphone or email or a DVR, but those were not commonplace when I started out in my career and I think that I was really lucky at being able to start on those programs because it developed a thirst for technology what 's new what 's next, and set me up well, although i didn 't know it at the time for what I've been doing over my career and what I do now. So after spending time at, in PR at Arnold Advertising, I moved into sports marketing, which is really great, and did consulting and big golf events, and so understood the power of influence. Um, and then I went to the client side and worked at a consumer electronics specialty retailer called Tweeter, not Twitter, and There, I got to work on the launch of High Definition Television, XM, and Sirius Satellite Radio, and TiVo, actually TiVo. So those were really awesome launches to be a part of and to be actually able to work on the marketing that was selling them to our consumers. So it was really great for me and exciting. And then I moved on, um, after about six years, I moved on to Digitas, which is digital, obviously, and uh, I moved there in 2004, which digital had been around for a while, but mm, people didn't really know what was going on. It was still three years before Facebook even launched, so it was all about making digital platforms work with different platform partners like AOL and HGTV and, and partners like that and blowing it out, and it was like tied with technology because I worked on General Motors and They really wanted to be tech forward. So that was a really cool part. And it was well before the bankruptcy. So we had robust budgets to really explore and push the envelope of how to reach consumers, which was really great. And then I worked on Procter & Gamble when I was at Digitas. And we got to be forward thinking again in technology using social media and um, developed our Brand Live, which was our answer to the always-on marketing, so real-time marketing. Um, so you were we able to develop
1: that on behalf of Digitas.
2: It was really amazing, and uh, I'm so fortunate to be a part of it. And we actually built 11 Brand Live rooms across the network. So you know, a couple in Europe, and a lot in the United States. And it was just really awesome to see teams change the mentality of campaign marketing to this always-on notion of listening to the consumer and making sure that you were plugged in. So it was really great fun. And in that role, you know, I started in um, marketing and was very much a marketer relationship lead, whatever you want to call that, um, and then I moved into or added the social content job responsibilities and trying to really change how we put that at the forefront. And, and obviously Digitrust does put that at the forefront. And it's a really, um, it's, it was really cool to help develop. And then two years ago, roughly two years ago, I came to um, Living Proof. And Living Proof's different than most beauty companies because it's a technology-based company. Yep. We have over 20 patents and we develop proprietary technology that changes the way hair behaves. It's awesome. But I also get to use new technology like influencer marketing, Insta Stories, Snapchat, and being able to use that in our marketing and seeing the needle move because of it has been really rewarding. And so when you think about that, there is a nice thread of technology throughout all of the parts of my career. And I probably wouldn't realize that as it's happening. But when you get to look back, hindsighting it, it's, it's a pretty cool
1: story. Absolutely, and I think what I hear it was like all not just technology, but emerging tech. It was like right. before there was you know DVR and all of these things, and before even before you know before the Palm Pilot, before the BlackBerry, then to so the iPhone. Like you really were able to capitalize and work in spaces, and even working in Digitas in two thousand four when you're looking at digital and how digital was totally revolutionized in the Facebook era and that world. It's really like a career that was uh looking back on the cusp of all things incredible so it's 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 quite a story
2: yeah and it also keeps you really humble in the sense that because i was in those positions i've never assumed that i knew more than anyone else because yep. i mean other people might have assumed it because i was consuming it all the time but we were all not making it up, but we were all finding our way together. And anyone right. that says they're a social ninja expert, well, you know what? It changes every day. So it's really hard to be the smartest and you just have to be the most collaborative and the most willing to experiment and learn from your mistakes and adjust quickly and not get stuck in an old um, mindset. You have to keep staying fresh and, um, and willing to try new things.
1: I agree. I think, I think that with social media it is required a level of humility because it is so constantly changing and something you said two years ago might be totally irrelevant today. Exactly. All right. So now you're on the cusp again, right? You're working uh, for with hair care products, yet they're technology based. Talk to me a little bit about what living proof does and the approach to social.
2: Yeah, so Living Proof is all about problem solving. So you have a hair challenge and we have a solution or hopefully we have a solution for you. And so all of our franchises are built on a premise of solving a problem or in the case of our most popular franchise, which is called Perfect Hair Day, it's if you have multiple concerns or you think your hair is pretty good. You're pretty good. You don't need to address a lot of specific things. Yeah. Um, then we also have, you know, a line to help beat frizz, a line to help dry damaged hair, which is restore a, a line that I use a lot, which is full, gives me my flat hair
1: fullness, thickness. Oh, I'm then... so jealous of <laughs> flat hair. I have the frizziest, <laughs> thickest hair ever, ever, ever. See,
2: we're jealous. The grass is always greener. It's, it's true. 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 Um, And then there's curl, um, which really helps um, define your curls. And it's just like one of those things, it's a sleeper. But I tell you, we get the most letters and thank you notes from our consumers for the curl line because people write to us and say they've never been able to wear their hair curly in 30 years until they found curl, which is so cool and it's such a great testament to the to the brand at using the technology to really solve problems so we're all about that and we we change people's lives in big ways and in small ways and we don't claim credit for your success at all but a good hair day or a perfect hair day puts a little pep in your step and just makes you all the more confident to tackle whatever it is you're doing so me telling you about what we do isn't I mean, it's interesting, but it's not the be all end all. What we like to do is have the real voices um, telling others. So word of mouth is a big deal for us. If someone tells you, oh, I have a solution to your hair challenge, you're going to be more apt to listen to them. It's the old adage of word of mouth. So our approach to social is attempting to put you know, the oldest form of marketing to use in influencer marketing. And I would say that influencer marketing is not necessarily new and revolutionary. However, in the beauty space, it is a big deal and it is evolving and It is changing in hair as well. I think color and cosmetics is so ginormous. And hair is starting to become ever popular. But it's really important to find the person or the people who emulate your brand and that have cultivated a great audience. So when they say something, it's believable. So we spend a great amount of time working on finding the right people and uh, cultivating a relationship with them. And a lot of times, you know, we have a multi-tiered approach. So it's every, you know, from big influencers to, um, you know, middle of the, not middle, but like maybe less followers, the middle tier. And then we have our micro-influencers. And we also have an organic influencer base. So people that doesn't matter what size they are, they just post about us because they love us. And a lot of times our influencer relationships, paid or not paid, develop from this organic love. That's where we see the biggest results because it's their passionate testimonial of the brand before they're asked to do anything in partnership. But when we do ask people to do stuff in partnership from a paid point of view, we try really hard not to give them too many guidelines because we have found that if we try and make it align with a campaign or a certain language, it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel as authentic. real, right? You have to yeah, let them play. Right.
1: You have to let them play. So
2: a lot of times we like to give them you know, a credit, go take our product selector quiz and then you come up with your perfect mix and then you talk about that perfect mix. And we might hero a product in that environment or you know another example of something that we're doing right now or preparing for is a restore challenge. So beginning of the year everyone's like, "Oh my god, my hair's so dry. What am I going to do? It's winter." And so we are pretty confident that we can change your hair in two weeks. And so we're having um, a bunch of people take this restore challenge for in just two weeks, we can transform their hair. And so we might in that case, use the whole line, because it just makes sense. So we pick influencers that make sense for that. And we're going to measure the transformation. We're actually going to do it on a microscopic level for, uh, you know, a handful of them as well. So you'll actually see the effects on the hair strand, not just on their head. Which I think is an important factor in this because we want to make it as believable as possible and represent the truth as close as we can. And we just think the microscopic images really help do that because you see the hair strand improving. Um, so anyway, that is so that's cool. one thing we're we're working on. So anyway, the approach to social is trying to be authentic, engaging. I mean, it's, I feel so trite saying all those things because that's what most people probably are doing or trying to do. But putting it to use every day and, and being about democratizing good hair and that you don't have to be an expert at doing it when you use our products. We have simplified solutions for solving your problems.
1: Well, I actually love your approach, Uh, you know, obviously being authentic and engaging is is something that, yes, a lot of people talk about being authentic and engaging. But what I love that's a little bit different about Living Proof and the way that you're talking about it is the different types of influencers that you have and really tapping into not just the big influencer, but you know, different tiers of influencers and also just pure brand ambassadors, people who actually love Mm -hmm. the brand. So I would imagine that when you're looking at that and you're measuring the success of campaigns, it goes beyond just reach, right? It must be like, okay, the biggest influencers might drive more reach, but you might have somebody who truly is like obsessed with your brand actually driving either more conversion or engagement, right?
2: Yeah, we measure a lot of different things. So that's a good, really good point because sometimes the best influencer might only have you know, 100,000 followers or, you know, compared to someone that has 7 million. But they might be more powerful at driving conversion, if that's that's what I would call it. So we measure it in a lot of different ways. So one is we measure how much um, traffic they drive to our site, how much traffic they drive to Sephora or Ulta, which we can track in, in a lot of different ways. We measure how, much, how many sales came from that click through. So a lot drive traffic, but it might not convert. So we're also looking at who actually converts, who makes the sale, who says their story in such a compelling way that people go out and buy the product, which is a really important factor. We also look at Tribe. Tribe has the great equalizer that they're trying you know trying to develop or they have developed which is their earned media value
1: yep. but we
2: can't simply look look at just earned media value you have to look at the engagement and you have to look at the other I can't look at conversions on Sephora and Ulta. I only can look if they went there uh, I, can't refers, get, refers. I can't complete the circle with them because I don't own their data and they yep. you know that's private of course. but I can do it on livingproof.com. com so Amazing. We so you know it just Depends. I think that some people have created an audience that is very devout and loyal, and they want the influencer to do the work for them, and they're willing to take their recommendation. So there are some people that are really popular and have so many followers, and they get so many views, but they don't necessarily make – the cash register ring at that moment. They might over time, and I'm not, they're all very valuable to us, but there are just some that are really powerful at making the sale, if you will. And we use a healthy mix of all of them because just like your marketing, you don't know what one's working. You know, like you can't pinpoint everything. The other thing is, like, One thing that I and everyone's always trying to measure this is like, how do you measure the power of the offline influence and the word of mouth? Because your best friend can be telling you about something and I'm not ever going to know that. I don't know that that happened. So we are trying to figure out what's a good measure and how to reward people that are doing something that we're not even they're not doing it because we've asked them to do it. So it's weird to reward someone for that behavior, but I want to celebrate it and I want to thank them because without those people, you know, we wouldn't have much of a business. So we like to call those people proofies. So they're living proof people (laughs) who love living proof and are proof of the product. And they're willing to go out and tell people about it. And they're not doing it because I'm incenting them at all because I'm not. Um, They're doing it for the sheer excitement that we solved a problem for them and they want to be helpful to their friends and family. So if you have a way for me to measure that and say thank you to all those people, I'd be happy to hear. (laughs) Okay. Here's what we do.
1: We tap into like Amazon Echo and all the things that are in your home that can hear all the things. We somehow magically get them to to monitor for living proof and then ding, 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 it wins. I love it. I I love it. That would be awesome. We were never never able to, and I think that the thing with marketing now is that because search did such a phenomenal job of the ability to measure to a T what was happening and where, I mean, it was the Mm -hmm. first real, I'm with digital. It was really the first real time we could do that. There's an expectation that that can happen everywhere. And Mm -hmm. with word of mouth, it's just the kind of thing that it's, it's really hard. I mean, I've seen, I've seen studies, I've seen lots of things, but a lot of times so much of that is gut. And it's about, I guess, looking at who's in your community that has a vocal voice on social that you can then reward. That's not necessarily an influencer. I love your, I love your mix and how you approach that. I think it's really great. And I think rewarding influencers and the sort of brand ambassadors is a really great way to start.
2: Right. So we're, we're, we're trying very hard to, um, to do that and to, and to make it a community. So our brand's, stands for so many things. There's so many faces of our brand and you're living proof. I'm living proof. You know, like it's not one person. So it, it feels like a community brand that we kind of all own. That's the vibe we like to try to, to share with people.
1: Absolutely. Now, Emory, you've seen, obviously, having worked, especially in the the story of a Digitas, looking at all of this, how you've been in the space for such a long time, you've seen it all change and kind of reinvent. What's, what's the biggest change that you think you've seen over time in social media, having been in the space for such a long time? What do you think um, has been a change that has really surprised you?
2: Oh, um, the surprise, the surprise is. There's two two surprises. One is how fast uh, everything monetized and how organic is really hard to yeah. do yeah. and make an impact and how uh, the platforms changed <laughs> so that it wasn't, um, I don't want to say free because it's never free and the best content should win, but that's not necessarily the case. So you've got to pay to play. So I think yeah. that's the biggest it's not even a surprise because we saw it coming slowly but surely, but right now it really is. So, But the impact of that is that you're still consuming that brand's content and you still expect it to be good. So there's this conversation that goes, you know that some things that work in organic don't work in paid, and trying to nail that is a... Is, is always an issue. I, I can't tell you how many conversations I get in with people. And I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know why it works one day and doesn't work the next. That's why data has to really be our friend and help us. And we don't get emotionally attached to pieces because, you know, we're going to kill them in a day. Ab- <laughs> so that's absolutely. what we do. Yeah. We do our paid social strategy is, you know, a large piece of our marketing mix. And you know, we kill pieces that I absolutely fell in a sword to make and that I love, but yep. they just don't perform. And, you know, I want to scream at everyone and say, what, this is brilliant, right. but it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Don't
1: use it. I know. So, we actually have a very, you know, we have very similar situations all the time where we think something is going to perform so great and then it really doesn't. And you have to look at, and then sometimes you think something won't perform and then it's beyond the brilliant. Like you just, the community yeah. dictates, it does.
2: It's so true. It just happened to us recently, and things that almost got cut. But I, you know, I had, we had had enough experiences that the things we thought would work didn't work. So I lobbied to keep it in, and thank God because it ended up being our number one piece of content for a very long period of time. The other thing we are able to do is we use our influencer images in our content. So it really is helpful to us because it expands our um content library but it also um helps them have a bigger audience as well because we always give them credit. So it's a great partnership in that in that realm. And that's just more believable and authentic, etc. But I I guess the biggest shift is this organic to paid, but also the need and this constantly surprises anyone I talk to, but the need for more and more and more and more content is never going to stop and it's only going to get in more important and the more diverse of the platforms the need for faster better content is is just it's here to stay and we have to stop being surprised that it costs money
1: it's not Absolutely. Free. I mean, that—that's the thing. Is like the evolution of it as a paid advertising medium that needs lots and lots of different types of content was one that was very hard for marketers to accept. But I think ultimately is the right direction and what needs to be done to utilize the platforms effectively.
2: Right. I mean, I—I I preached it for let's say seven years, every day, all day, to clients, consultant. But even now, as the head of the marketing team. And I'm a diehard believer. I still have a hard time getting enough content. <laughs> you yep. know, not because my team can't do it, it's just because it's so much, it's just resources and time and money. And, you know, just like, oh my God. I but know, it is it a beast. Be really you have to feed it. Right? And, yeah, it is. And so it's just making choices. And we really try to create a piece of content and. Do it in a way that we can use it in multiple ways—not the same exact piece of content—but we're really smart and scrappy about how we approach our shoots, and we're constantly refining. How can we how can we answer this call uh, and make it good?
1: Now, Emory, tell me about your own personal social media usage. You've been doing this a long time. Does it make you want to engage more, or when you get home, do you shut it off? So you might want to cut this part, but I'll just say it. I. Mean, <laughs>
2: I took a self imposed hiatus on Good. November ninth yeah November ninth okay. this year for a period of time, and I'm just starting to get back onto social and I just couldn't take the yep. election yep. conversation. I was truly devastated, and I just didn't want to hear it from either side I didn't. I didn't want to engage. So I started engaging more personally with people and in a Facebook messenger conversation with a select group of people that I thought was awesome. It was what PATH was supposed to be. Do you remember PATH? I love PATH. 50 friends only. Yeah, exactly. And it was like what PATH was. Because it's a closed group, I can share whatever I want, but it's very social and it got, you know, still gave me my alerts, I got to find out what was going on with people, but I wasn't in the fray of everyone else. So I really liked that. But I'm starting to get back in because I have FOMO and I can't stand not knowing what's going on. And at a certain point, it's irresponsible to check out. So then... I also use Insta Story and uh, I love that for my family, so that I can update my mom. And you know, they, she's on Insta Story, which is really great. And the one thing that I should use more in my personal life is Facebook Live. And I can't believe they're advertising on TV, which I think is. Can really you believe great.
1: it? I know it's so fun. Yeah, <laughs> they making really a wanted big to take play. off. They're making a yeah. big play. Yeah, they want to be the new network television. So. Yeah, and I'm off. not sure that regular people. Why are they going to do it? Like, yeah, yeah.
2: Facebook live seems, I mean, I don't know why Insta stories doesn't seem the same. Well, I, I think I have eva- evaluated it. Insta story and Snapchat, you have the option of deleting Facebook Correct. live. There's no delete button. And I think that that's particularly scary to a lot of people. And Periscope was so under the radar. Right. In, that it wasn't
1: your post mass audience. It, yeah.
2: Right? It wasn't risky.
1: Your amp wasn't, wasn't on there and your are yeah, 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 yeah totally, <laughs> exactly. totally. But as I always preach, like as a
2: practitioner, if you don't use it personally, there's no way you can actually know how to use it. So I know that I'm going to have to start doing Facebook Live and I'm just finding my first personal, we use it all the time for work, but I need to figure out what my first personal story is going to be, so that's well, what I I'm look, working
1: on right now. I look forward to seeing that. And where is the best place for people to get in touch with you if they are totally inspired by your story as I am?
2: K L I N E, And that is my handle
1: on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for being on the show. You're one fabulous social lady. You've been
0: listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.